Hi, I'm Mark Richardson, and welcome to Remodeling Mastery. Remodeling Mastery is a podcast series that is designed to really help you think about your business, not just do your business. What I try to do is I take different topics that I think are pretty relevant out in the marketplace as well as to your business and be able to kind of reflect and talk about these topics. Occasionally, I bring in a special guest or an authority on the topic, and I encourage you to go back and If you subscribe, look at the vault of all the different things that we've talked about over the last several years on Remodeling Mastery that really give you, I think, a pretty extensive curriculum that you can really be able to, you know, think about your business a little bit more. This podcast series is supported by my friends at certainly all the major associations, but especially with Professional Remodeler, as well as some of the companies that are out there really helping and servicing your business like Engage, Leap, Marlamar, and certainly Surefire and others. So I encourage you to reach out to them. Uh, They not only support us certainly here, but they also are there to support you as well. Today, I want to talk about a topic that, you know, oftentimes it's one of these flavor of the month topics that, you know, I usually try to talk about every two or three years on our podcast because, you know, it kind of is when is it the kind of going in favor and when is it not? And it's the whole subject of training and the importance of training. Uh, I like to believe it's an integral part of my Fit to Grow book is training is an investment, not an expense. Now, that theme actually came as a result of about 30 years ago, I was doing actually a talk or sitting on a panel with an MBA group from the University of Maryland. And one of the speakers or panelists that was uh, talking ahead of me said within his business, which he had multiple locations, that training was an investment, not an expense. And I think like a lot of things in life, when you hear a little passage or you hear a little quote like that, you really kind of really hits a chord for you. Because I knew as a result of having done a radio show and certainly been involved in trainings and doing different talks uh, with the uh, different organizations that I knew the importance of training, but I never really quite looked at it as training is an an investment, not an expense. And, you know, I really went back and kind of reflected on it, and it really became less about the training and more about really understanding, I think, the investment and the ROI of training. So turning the clock up, I was actually doing a, facilitating a group of the top design build firms, 14 of the top design build firms in 2010. And one of the questions I asked them is in the recession or in the downturn in 2008, 2009, how many of you in the group actually reduced the amount of training in that period of time because reducing expense, amount of time frame, staffing, all those kind of things, and how many of you increased it? And while I kind of expected a little bit of a swing vote, so to speak, on one versus the other, but what I really heard was really quite 
interesting. Number one, of the 14 companies, four of the companies increased training, 10 of them decreased training. Of the four companies that increased training, their sales went up during that recession. And of the companies that decreased training, their sales went down. It was so blatant and so obvious at that point that I think everyone in the room got it. And what we really drilled into was how they went about increasing the training. Part of it was frequency. Part of it was team engagement. Part of it was new and fresh topics of selling during kind of those recessionary times. So with all that being said, Uh, I think that if you want to take your company from kind of a a good or average kind of level to a great level, I think it's very important to understand why you want to invest in training. One of my friends, Brian Gottlieb, he looks at his organization today, not as necessarily just a sales and marketing company, but also as a training organization. And I think when you even start to call yourself a training organization, you look at it a little bit differently. So why do you want to do that? Number one is, I think, looking at the economics of the business. You know, there is, in fact, a big return that you get on uh, on uh, training. So you've got to understand how to go about doing it and see those numbers and get those right returns. The second is retaining. You know, if you have a good training program, it's been proven you're going to retain more of your talent. Now more than ever with this challenge that we have with the team members, Uh, retention. It's more important than ever, I think, to retain your folks and therefore make training a priority and the likelihood that you'll keep them is much greater. A third, which is also interesting more today than it's been in the past, and that is training is also a recruitment lure. If you really, really push how you go about expediting the learning curve and your training programs, it actually becomes more of a uh, a a reason for people to join you because of your commitment to training. I know in particular, my son, who's just graduating from college, you know, one of his key priorities is picking a company, a major company who has a really serious training program, you know, coming out of the gate, because that gives kind of the foundation of anything he would like to do if, in fact, he had strong training to begin with. So I think that becomes a lure. Also, I think the training really allows in this confusing time for a lot more alignment and a lot more consistency in terms of your product and your service. And it's going to be the training that really comes of that. So I really believe that you have to have a really strong why. But I want to touch on really seven tips maybe for you to, as you think about training, start to to get into it a little bit more. Number one is spend some time running the numbers. You know, I think since we talk about this being an investment, you want to just like any other investment that you're doing, you want to 
understand the return on the investment. And I think if you run the numbers and understand, I think not only the expenses, but what you should see as a return, whether it's retaining, whether it is recruiting, or whether it's just seeing better results, uh, you're going to, I think, have a lot more conviction in terms of doing it. Number two is budget. You know, if you, in fact, are seeing, for example, a 5% return on the training, and that's very, very modest, uh, I think it's very reasonable to look at your overall overhead budget and spend 1% of that budget dedicated to training. Maybe it's 2%. But my point is, if you spend 1% or 2% and you get 5% return on it, that's really, really going to give you, I think, the, the necessary, I think, priority or importance of it. Number three is it's important as you're thinking about training, don't think about training as something you have to be burdened with. And I don't necessarily mean you got to go hire someone. Training, you need to think of yourself more like an orchestra director, not necessarily a musician or a player of every single instrument. And I think the more that you see yourself as a little bit more of the puppet master of the training and you're deputizing other members of your team, you're bringing in outside sources for training, you're leveraging some of the technologies for training, and not necessarily think of yourself as the one has to do all the training. Most owners and managers, I think, they oftentimes fall off the wagon when it comes to training because it's such a burden because they want to, they have to do it all themselves. They're not enjoying it. Uh, they're bored. They're becoming boring to their team. And that's because of the way you're looking at it. That needs to be a mindset shift. Number four, is I've always been a big member that I think a training organization has to be deputizing all the other members of the team. Good friend of mine said uh, when it comes to his business uh, many years ago, he said, you first need to learn it, then you need to do it, then you need to teach it. Everyone in his organization is really setting up a stage to become a teacher or become a trainer, I think, for others. So I think when you think about this notion of deputizing team members, think about who, in fact, on your sales team really has their arms around a particular sales technique or client relations or maybe just playing well together as a team player. You know, also look at the flip side of it. You know, by deputizing team members, it's also a great way for someone to improve. I know many years ago, I was working with a group out in California, and we had one of the team members that was challenged with following up on clients. Everybody was frustrated with this person. So I finally tried. I said, why don't you come up with, Jim, 10 ways that you like to follow up with clients and present it in the sales meeting, a 15-minute presentation. Well, the long and the short of it is, from that point over, not only did he do an amazing job of what some of those tips were, but he also had enough pride to continue to do those things himself. 
Um, number f- five on my list is, you know, if you truly believe in training and you truly believe that you've got to invest time to improve, you need to also instill that thinking into your folks. You need to give them the tools, but also give them incentives to get better themselves. You know, it might be a monetary incentive. It might be an opportunity to have some time off. Who knows what the incentives are, but if you can give them an opportunity and you feed them, but watch, in fact, you want people in your organizations that are a sponge for learning and a student of sales, a student of production, not necessarily just do it. And when you have that kind of culture and that kind of people on your team, that really is the key. But you got to set the stage to be able to judge that. Number six on my list is to create a vault and a vault of training materials. This is very easy. You put together this vault that includes a series of articles or columns on different kind of subject. You organize it in such a way that also includes webinars and podcasts, uh, also in terms of video trainings, those kind of things. And if you have a vault in anyone that comes into your organization or anyone that's struggling, you can always go to that vault, grab out some of the training Uh, ideas, materials, what have you, and be able to funnel it their way saves you a lot of time and energy, but start to assemble a vault. And then seven on my list is monitor, monitor, monitor. You know, it's important if you're going to be committed to training to at least once a month with key members of your leadership team to carve out 30 minutes, 45 minutes and talk about how are we doing with training? What are some new trainings? What are some trainings we should stop doing? How responsive are our team to training? What's the return on investment in training? By monitoring how you're progressing with your training, you can then look at the following month and make tweaks and adjustments to the training that you're trying to do. So I want to thank everybody for listening to this particular session. But, you know, it all starts with you. You've got to believe yourself that there is a good ROI investment when it comes to training. And if you start to believe that, you know, be patient with your team because it takes time to kind of adjust and change the culture. But ultimately, when you create a culture that is focused on constant improvement and focus on training, that's oftentimes the difference between a good business versus a great business. Take care, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Remodeling Mastery Podcast by Mark G. Richardson, supported by Professional Remodeler Magazine, Engage, Leap, Marlamar, and Destination Motivation. Check out our earlier podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.